Psalms 11:3 If the foundations be destroyed what can the righteous do In this camp Pastor Boni Bahati teaches us passionately on foundations on which the church and your life should be built on We believe as you listen to this sermon your heart towards the work of God will change your passion will increase and your life will be transformed Be blessed as you listen
go to the ends of the world. Your neighbor is still seated. You're not ready to go. Fantastic. You may be seated now. How come in one city where you that you'll be willing to obey God. Yeah. Don't stay where you think you'll prosper. Go where God sends you and there you will prosper. Tell about go where God sends you and there you will prosper. Beautiful. So, we were looking at reasons why God allows us to go through suffering. Reasons why God allows us to go through suffering. We were answering that question. Why does God allow us to go through suffering? And we said, number one, it pleases it pleases God to go through suffering. Number two, it makes you what? To be perfect means to be complete, mature, lacking. The Bible says that you may be complete, mature, lacking. 
Let patience have its perfect work. That you may be complete, mature, lacking. Yeah. Number three. Did I give you number three? God wants you to experience suffering because it will make you obedient. Suffering will make you obedient. That's why we are doing our Power Sunday. Do you remember the Power Sunday? Which is the date of the Power Sunday? Which week? The last week of? We are raising how much? 2,000 per? Yeah, we are believing God for 600,000 to buy a good generator and resolve this problem. Our generator. Would you like us to have our generator? Our Kenya power? When you have your generator, even if they want to switch off the whole day, they can switch. We'll be in our power. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 8. Hebrews 5 verse 8. So start saving towards it. Participate. Say, Lord, I want to participate. Minimum of 2,000. Even the branches can participate. Yeah, so that the Lord will honor them in their day. Because a time will come when they will need a generator. <laughs> so God will remember that seed that you sowed. You always sow to something higher that has a need. Yeah. Are we together? Any need you see is an opportunity to sow. Tell anybody, any need you see is an opportunity to sow. The Bible says, though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. <laughs> My God. My God. The Bible. That though he was a son, son of the living God. Verse 7. Verse 7. Verse 6, I don't know where the statement starts. As he also says in another place, you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek, mm -hmm. who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplication with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death and was hard because of his godly fear. Mm -hmm. Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he... So Jesus had to learn obedience by suffering. Obedience will always be learned through the process of suffering. Look at the sufferings you are going right, through right now and ask yourself, what does the Lord want me to obey? The Bible teaches us that Jesus Christ became obedient through the things which he suffered. Jesus Christ was a holy man. He was a man with no sin. Yet, his obedience to God depended on him suffering certain things. Yet, he was a holy man, a man with no sin. But, he had to learn obedience by suffering. Sometimes, we think it is stubborn and bad people who need to suffer in order to make them obedient. But the Bible shows us that good people also need to suffer, also need some form of suffering to pawn them into perfect obedience. When you experience hardships and suffering, ask yourself, what is the Lord trying to get me to do? What does he want me to obey? What does he want me to do for him? A lot of people in the Bible, several people, prominent men of God, of old, and some in the Bible, became obedient and served God only because of certain hard experiences that they went through. 
So in the people of old, there's a woman of God called Miriam Woodworth Eater. Miriam Woodworth Eater. So I'll read part of her story. Is that okay? So Miriam Wood, Woodworth Eater, one of God's lady generals, was known for the supernatural ministry of signs and wonders. She had a vision of the harvest when she was 13 years old and heard the voice of God telling her, go to the highways and the hedges to gather the lost sheep. Mm -hmm. Somehow, she did not heed to that call. Probably, desiring to be like the average woman or the average girl, she married a couple of years after she had this vision. Eventually, she had a large family with six beautiful children. Then tragedy struck, and five of her six children died within a short span of time. Miriam herself became ill many times and often thought that she would die. Throughout the time of this different crisis, she felt God calling her to preach to the lost. Finally, she gave herself up to the Lord and became obedient to the call. She began ministries in her local area and began many conversations. This was the beginning of the great ministry that lay ahead of her. Miriam suffered the loss of five children. What a terrible tragedy. Yet, it was the suffering that brought her to the ministry. And Miriam is part, if you read the book, God's General. She's part of the God's Generals of the 1940s. They had, a Miriam would preach somewhere like here. And I hear, um, I think, two or three kilometers away, people would be receiving the power of God. She'd be preaching here. And two or three kilometers away, people would be receiving healing. In England. But look at the cost she had to pay. Because she received a call from God at the age of 16. Then she said, ah, I want to be average. I want to be normal. Most of you, you are here because the call of God is upon your life. You're not here just by serendipity. Nobody of your age is willing to spend four days in a camp doing what? There's no booze here. There's no chiles here to have sex with. But you being here is a supernatural call. A supernatural desire that God has placed in your heart. And then, and only then, shall you fulfill that call if you obey. If you don't obey, get ready for suffering. Miriam had to suffer. And this is also seen in the Bible. Remember the name of that guy who was sent to Tashish and he went to Nineveh? Or rather he was sent to Nineveh and went to Tashish. Jonah, Uncle Jonah. Jonah, stomach is fishing. Jonah, stomach is fishing. Jonah, see Jonah, stomach is stomach is fishing. So Jonah had to go through suffering to learn obedience. Another man of God who is part of still the God's generals is called Bran William Branham. William Branham. Have you heard of the Brahma Heights? It's a cult nowadays. It became a cult. At the end of his ministry, he messed up, so he ended up having a cult. They read from the Bible, their book, their book, their Bible is called the Brahma Heights, something. Brahma Heights or Branham Bible. 
They have a book. But it's a very wealthy church. But it's a cult. Other church is a cult. A very wealthy cult. But it started as a good thing. By the way, all cult, all cult starts from the positive. All the cults are people with good motives. But remember I told you the path to destruction is paved by good intentions. Good intentions. The intention was to serve God. But do you know what makes people a cult? When you take one scripture or one truth and stretch it without balancing with any other scripture. If you take the, what I'm teaching right now of suffering and losing and you stretch it, that's the only teaching you teach, we become a cult. That's why we teach writing, we teach suffering, we teach blessings, we teach honor, we teach everything in the Bible. Everything in the Bible we teach. Lest we become cultic. So, Branham, listen to his story. I don't want his story. William Branham, the famous prophet, also received a supernatural call to the ministry. William Branham was a young boy when he started having visitors. Or rather, William Branham was a young boy when he started having visions and feeling the call of God on his life. When he was 14, he was involved in an accident in which he nearly lost both of his legs. As he lay there in a pool of blood, he saw terrifying vision of hell. He cried out to God for mercy, promising to be a good boy if he lived. And he lived, forgot about his promise to God and about God. How many of us, one time, you were in a, such a tricky situation and you cried to God and said, Lord, Sita Rudia Tena. God remembers that vow. God remembers that vow. The Bible says only fools make vows and they don't honor them. God remembers that vow. So listen to his story. That you, you catch yourself. One day, as he walked by the church, he felt something telling him to go into the church, but he refused to, to obey and continued on his way. Soon after, he heard a voice saying, I called you and you would not go. He realized then that he had, he had to approach the Lord since his life had been spared, but he did not know how. One day, he decided to track, to tack a letter to a tree. He then went into a barn and prayed sincerely from his heart. When he opened his eyes, he saw floating in front of him a brilliant amber light forming a perfect cross in the air. There, in that barn, he accepted the Lord Jesus. When God called him into the nationwide evangelism in the year 1934, he refused because his mother-in-law felt that he should not drag his new wife, Hope, around the country. Mm -hmm. Remember what I told you earlier about wife and mother? So he paid dearly for this mistake of not listening to the Lord by losing that very wife called Hope and daughter Sharon to tuberculosis in the flood of 1936. So what he was trying to keep, he lost it. If any man wants to come after me, he will lose. And when you lose, you will gain. But if you hold to your dear life, you will actually lose it. So he lost the wife. And he also lost his daughter, Rose Sharon. After the death of his wife and daughter, he fell into deep depression, feeling that God had abandoned him. He tried to commit suicide a few times, but did not succeed. Branham struggled over the next several years. One day, he went to pray to seek God's will for him. And he repented of his decision of not going into the nationwide evangelism. 
he went on to minister and obey the call of God, having one of the most spectacular prophetic ministries ever recorded in history. As you can see from the examples I've given you, most of the time we learn obedience by things we suffer. Branham was one of the prophets who would speak and two light rings would appear physically. People would see physically. Two light rings would appear on his face, on his head, like this. Two light rings. He was a spectacular man of God. He used to do spectacular miracles. But as you can see from the examples I've given you, they all had to learn obedience by things they suffered. I don't want to suffer to be obedient. I don't know about you, but for me, I don't want to suffer to be obedient. I'm trusting God to obey Ali. I would rather obey Ali than have to go through what they had went to go through. Can you imagine? The mother-in-law said, you don't have to drag your new wife all, all across the country. By the way, you Wouldn't make sense? But the Lord had spoken to him. So he said, we won't go, baby. Let's spend some time together. 1934, 1936, both the wife and the daughter died. Two years, he lost what he was trying to keep. Julie, what you are trying to keep, you will lose. What you lose, you will gain. You gotta choose. Do you want to keep or to lose? Because if you keep, you will lose. If you lose, you will gain. What do you want? To keep or to lose? To lose or to gain? Number four. Hey, the church is quiet. God wants you to experience suffering because it will bring you closer to Christ. Nyorosha. God wants you to experience suffering because it will bring you closer to Christ. God wants you to experience suffering because it will bring you closer to Christ. Philippians 3.10 And by the way, everything I'm saying, I'm referencing from the Bible. Is it not true? So you have to accept what I'm saying as truth because I'm reading from your Bible. Or is it my Bible? Is it your Bible? But you know. I said no. <laughs> Benjamin, are you asleep? No, everything, no, no, no. <laughs> Let's read the scripture. Can you say? Of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being made comfortable, con con conformable, and to his death, or being conformed, mine he says com conformable, being conformed to his death, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being conformed to his death. Is a fellowship matters. Sufferings create fellowship like minded sufferers who have experienced the same thing. That guy is making noise. Suffering creates a fellowship of like-minded sufferers who have experienced the same thing. Have you ever noticed that most of the time you are, the issue you are going through is the same issues your friends are going through? If you are homeless, your friends are homeless. If you are struggling with fornication, your friends are struggling with fornication. 
Mnaitananga tu hata hapa mnajuana. Mnajuana kwa vilemba. You have a secret society of fornicators. Mnajuana. You are attracted to another. Unasikia unavuta ujui unavuta kwa nini? Unaingia place unasikia Bluetooth device is ready to pair. Bluetooth is successfully paired. Bluetooth is successfully connected. Connected as successfully. Connected as successfully. Device. Bluetooth device. Because suffering has a way of creating fellowship. I gave up all I gave up all that inferior stuff so I could know Christ personally. Experience his resurrection power. Be a partner in his suffering and go all the way with him to death itself. So I wanted not only to know him, but I wanted to partner with him. Like we are partners with my wife. So we know each other intimately. We are intimate with each other. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, neighbor. sufferings create a fellowship of like-minded sufferers. So there is a bond that forms between people who have gone through certain experiences together. Like we have a bond with these guys. Pastor Eddie, Pastor Seth, Pastor Mark, uh, Victoria, Pastor Ken, Pastor Faith. Because we went through certain things together. So there is a bond we have that we don't have with you. You understand? Because we were struggling together. We couldn't afford tea together. We couldn't afford food together. When, we got, when I got a double room, they thought I've made it in life. They were so happy. They were saying, one of us, I'm your mocha. So they would come for sleepovers in my house. So all those experiences were creating bonds. So now we have a bond that is unique. The people we started this church with, the 21 people, there is a bond we have with them that I may not have that bond with you. Because there are some sacrifices we went through some sufferings we went through together. We were smoking, we were leaving the service high. The eyes are red. <laughs> there's a bond I have with them. When they are going through issues, it affects me more. Because there's a bond I have with them. When I see them not, 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 not coming up and becoming great, it affects me more. Because there's a certain bond we have with them. Because of the experiences we went through together. So God wants you to suffer so that that suffering will bring you closer to Jesus. You know, for you to join the fellowship of lawyers in Kenya, you must suffer sitting the KSL exams, the bar exams, right? And you have to have how many, pa how many P's? Nine P's for you to join the fellowship of lawyers, sorry. For you to join the fellowship of lawyers. Nine P's. If you get eight, you repeat. Is it true, Louis? Katunge had nine P's. Where is she? Has she, has she come from work? Nine P's. 
And one time I found her in the office, she was worried. I told her, relax, you will pass. I prayed for her, I said, Lord, this one will pass. She had nine Ps. She couldn't believe it. Like, no fail. She's just waiting for admission. So she had to suffer that. She had to suffer nights of reading. This one is going through that suffering now. How is it? Even you, you will pass. You will have nine Ps straight. You can't fail. You are too blessed to fail. Amen. How is it? The suffering. It's it's not easy. Because uh -huh. I'm reading four years coursework in nine months. Four years coursework. She's reading it in nine, nine months. months. But she has lost all that to come for a camp. When to a certificate in IT. <laughs> Tailoring with IT. <laughs> Paper punching with IT. Community development with IT. Medicine with IT. Hey, addressing with IT. Unasumbua. Animal husbandry. With IT. Oceanology. Unasumbua. Stone breaking with IT. Character development with IT. Someone... Studying four years coursework in nine months is seated for a camp for a whole week. She was here from morning. Wow, knows a sweetie. Someone is doing free counseling. <laughs> Someone is doing a free counseling course at Beacon of Hope and they will not come for camp. With no ID. They will not come. So you see, you don't want to go through suffering. Look, there's a suffering we are going through together right now. Like in this stage of this church. That is giving us a bond. That the people will come when we are 10 years. We will not have the same bond with us. There's a bond we will have us now. That is stronger than the bond of people who will come after 5 years. Because there are people who are waiting for us to build good buildings. That they come. But they will not be like us. We will suffer together. Jesus said, because you've been with me in my tribulations, I now give you thrones. I give you thrones. If you suffer with Christ, is that rain? Allah? If you suffer with Christ, blessings. It's very, very good. It rains because you can't go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. You have to stay here. Eh? But God be thanked. But don't, don't rain now, Lord. Stop the rain, Lord, until midnight. In Jesus' name. Amen. Midnight train until 6.30. So by 7.30 people are here. Amen. In Jesus' name. Are you joining my faith? Amen. So shall it be. So do you understand? There's a bond that comes out of suffering. So that suffering brings you closer to Jesus. If you had not suffered, you, some of you would not have received Christ. Do you know me how I received Christ? I failed in my KCSE. I wanted to do law. I couldn't do it. My plan was I do law, become a politician. When I do a pastor and a politician, flip side. One is serving God, the other is serving people. So my intention was to serve people. I knew I would become a politician. So God had to arrest me and make sure I don't get that. Yeah, I don't do law. 
I even tried to book an exam, like from home, to do a receipt. I even failed more. <laughs> My God. The second time I failed more than the first time. I've never even gone for those results. I said, So that's the first one is the one I used to do my degree. So now I had to do a lesser degree. So I ended up doing public relations. But when in that process of that failure, that suffering, I found Jesus. I remember when I, I knew immediately I finished high school. My mother was a staff at Nazarene. And staff, children of the staff used to study there. 60% paid. So you just pay 40%. Is it, or is it 60 or even 70? 70% paid. Because even him, he was, the father was a staff there. So I knew directly I'm going there. I was even sure. Sure, bet. When I finished from four like this, I finished in November. In December 10th, my mother was retrenched. Aki God, where Aki God, where My mother was retrenched. So now, number one, she gets retrenched. Then when the results come out, I have failed. That means two years, I will not go anywhere. Anything. We couldn't afford anything. So for two years, my work was to stay in church. Two years, the only thing I knew was church. Everything I studied, it was in those two years. Fasting, those two years. One time in the morning, I used to wake up every morning, 5 a.m., and walk from Rangao. Rangao, for people who don't know, is far from here. Far. Like five kilometers. So I would walk like 10 kilometers to where HQ is. HFC. I would walk there all the way to HFC HQ. 10 kilometers every morning to go and pray. For two years, I would do it consistently without fail. One time I remember I left the house and I met a cheetah on the way. Cheetah, Yeah. Because I used to pass through bushes. There were no roads and days in those places. Now it's when it's very developed. It was 2012. 2012, 2013. When I found the cheetah, I just stood. I said, Jesus, if I die, I'm with you. I stood. The cheetah stood. We looked at each other. Me, I continued walking. <laughs> the cheetah did not touch me. Another time, I found thieves. I just left the house like this at five. The Spirit of the Lord whispered a scripture to me. An angel of the Lord encamped around all them that fear him. And the previous night, we had come from being taught the authority, the believer's authority by, by Pops, Pastor Jimmy. So as he was teaching us, I did not know that the experiment would come to me the following day. Less than 24 hours, the word was to be tested through me. So me, I left the house, and the Spirit of the Lord told me, an angel of the Lord encamped all them that fear him. Psalm 34, verse 7. The angel of the Lord encamped around all those who fear him and delivers them. There's an angel always encamping around those who fear God. Like believers. Are you a believer? Oh, yeah. You are always with angels. You are always with angels. So I walked. Having heard that scripture, but I did not know what that scripture means, so I kept on walking. As I kept on going and going and going, I got to a place and the Spirit of the Lord gave me another scripture. He told me, when they come, smite them with blindness. The story of Elijah and the army. Is it Elijah or Elisha? It was Elisha and the army when he said, Lord, open the eyes of Gehazi, yeah, my servant. It was Elisha. That he may see those who are with us are more than those who are with 
our enemies. Our enemies. So, when the enemies came, Elijah smote them with blindness. So the Lord told me, smite them with blindness. But my faith was weak. So I kept on going. Then he said, now that you are afraid to smite them with blindness, he gave me another scripture. When they appear, say this scripture. All those, I'm having conversations in my head. I'm thinking it's normal conversations. At that time, I'm just having conversations in my head. For this, the Bible says, for this reason, the Son of God was made manifest. That's the scripture we were being taught the previous night. For this reason, the Son of God was made manifest, that he may destroy all the works of Satan. So as I walked, just after that scripture came to my mind, like 20 or 30 meters, thugs with AK-47s bandished me, bandished guns at me. They said, well, let V2. They entered my bag. I had a, 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 a bag, rucksack. So they thought maybe I'm carrying a lot or something. So they, sweep. And I'm small. I'm tiny. I was even more tiny than this. I sat down. But before I went down, I shouted, for this reason, the son of God was that he may destroy all the works of Satan. Then I sat down. Boom. Mission accomplished. While I was down there, one of them shouted, Confusion came. Confusion came. They started saying, Everything they had taken, they returned. Everything I was given back. Now, then they told me, rise up and go. So as I was walking to rise up to go, I looked back. I saw it is them now seated down. <laughs> True story. I saw it is them seated down. Where I was seated, because as I was rising up to go, now then they sat. Confusion. With their guns there. In a circle. So as I walked, I walked like 25 meters. I looked back. When I looked back, that was the first time in my life I ever saw an angel. An angel with a flaming sword was standing there. Was standing there. Then remember what the Lord told me when I was leaving the house? An angel of the Lord encampment around all those who fear him. Those sufferings I had to go through brought my heart closer to Jesus. Brought my heart closer to Jesus. Now I'm never afraid. I leave this place at midnight. Because I always know I am carrying a company of angels. Yeah, and I can command them. Blindness, and you become blind. The sufferings I had to go through brought me closer to Jesus. You don't want to go through sufferings. That's why you're far away from Jesus. Do you know why you're finding ministry so hard? Because you don't want to suffer with Jesus. So ministry is hard because you're not laboring with him. If you are laboring with Jesus, ministry will be very easy. Number five, God wants you to experience suffering because of the glory that will follow you. God wants you to experience suffering because of the glory that will follow you. God wants you to experience suffering because of the glory that will follow you. Look, just as the day follows the night, the glory of God will always come after you've suffered. The glory of being perhaps a lawyer comes after suffering Kenya School of Law. 
The glory of being a doctor comes from suffering from medical school. The glory of being a counselor, like a psychological counselor, comes after suffering. Psychology school. That's the truth. You have to experience suffering before you experience glory. So God wants you to go through suffering because of the glory that is coming. I told you in the morning, handling success is harder than handling failure. So the glory of having a baby comes after the suffering of labor and childbirth. All the mothers are in this place who have gone through labor know how hard it is to get a child. But the moment they receive the child in their hands, the pain they went through, they forget immediately. But they have to go through suffering. Somebody they have to go through suffering. So the good news that I'm trying to pass is that glory will come after you've suffered. And the glory you will experience cannot be compared with the sufferings you must go through. Romans chapter 8, verse 18. Romans 8, 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glories which shall be revealed in us. The glory we'll experience is not to be compared by any reason. By the sufferings we are going through. Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 4.17. This is the famous scripture. Corinthians 4.17. For our light affliction, which are but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Use the message Bible. Message it for us. Can we read together? No, everybody read. One, two, three. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times, the lavish celebration. So what we are going through is small potatoes. The first sufferings you are going through are small potatoes compared to the days of lavish celebration. Look, when we were going through the troubles in the dining hall and in the upper rooms, it cannot be compared to the glory we have here. Right? It can't be compared. And these sufferings we are going through will not be by any reason be compared to what we are about to experience in our cathedral. So these days are days of small potatoes compared to the coming good times. The coming good times, eh? Will not be compared. Right now you are single, mama. You, nobody even likes you. Nobody has said, No, text is dry, dry. It's only dear... From Safaricom. Dear customer. Your bundles are below 2MB. But they can't be compared to the days of lavish celebration. These days of small potatoes cannot be compared to the days of... Remind me the song. These small potatoes cannot be compared to the dying celebrations, to the lavish celebration. Aha, uh -huh. these, these small potatoes cannot be compared to the dying celebration, to the lavish celebration. Sing. These potatoes cannot be compared to the lavish celebration. Hey, 
to the lavish celebration. Say, to the lavish small potatoes cannot be compared to the lavish celebration. To the lavish celebration. These small potatoes, my Natasha, cannot be compared to your days of lavish celebration. You see the 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 hard going through to make it to this camp. If you stay and remain permanent, you will look back and say, my life changed in the camp called the Mighty Foundations. And what I have experienced today cannot be compared to the sufferings I went through in that camp. I had to be hosted. Now when we come for the camp, we've built hotels. You sleep in your own room with your husband. If you are single, you sleep with the AC. The AC, we, we put it on. AC and flat screen. But by that time, none of you will be single. I'm saying by that time, none of you will be single. But be careful. You don't stop serving God because you've got a husband. That's a temptation you have to overcome. Otherwise, remember the story of William Branham. Remember the story of Miriam Wood Eater, Woodworth. Remember her story. When you consider not serving God because now you feel you are comfortable, remember those two stories I've given you. First Peter. First Peter 1.11. First Peter 1.11. The Bible says, Searching or what manner of time, the spirit of Christ who was in them, was indicating when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. Wow. Let's read that scripture together. One, two, three. Or what manner of time? The spirit of Christ who was in them was indicating when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would do what? Anytime you see suffering in your life, Ivy, just no glory is coming. It is a sure prophecy. If there is suffering, there is glory. Tell about if there is suffering, there is glory. Second Peter 1.14. This is another scripture I really love. Second Peter 1.14. After you've suffered a little while, is that one? Second Peter, not Second Samuel. Hey. Brother. The guy on that laptop, were you here in the morning? Who is it? Meshach, Meshach, you are not here in the morning. That's why you don't have the flow. Anyway, continue. I, did I say one fourteen? Sorry, let me check. It is usually Second Peter, four thirteen. Sorry, four thirteen. Second Peter four thirteen. Four thirteen. Second Peter four. What do you mean? Oh, first. <laughs> first Peter 4, 13. First Peter. But you know the scripture I'm talking about. After you've, been suff after you've suffered for a little while, I the Lord. 510. Now that's the scripture I'm looking for. First Peter 510. Yeah, rub whatever you wrote. First Peter 510. The sufferings won't last forever. Ah, use, use New King James. Unless I tell you to do message. You see, you are doing your own things. Do you want to, to shower? 
So you put him there so that he can be washed. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you suffered a while, perfect, strengthen, perfect, establish, strengthen, and do what? After you've done what? After you've suffered a while, the Lord will strengthen. He will perfect. And he will, will establish. And then he will settle you. Use, now use the message Bible. Let's read together. The suffering won't last forever. It won't be long before this generous God who has great plans for us in Christ. Eternal and glorious plans they are will have put together and on your feet will have you put together and on your feet for good. So once the Lord tests you through sufferings, once he places you on a firm foundation, it's for good. The Bible says affliction shall not arise a second time. So you don't go through suffering twice. Like on that season that you're supposed to suffer. You only go through it once. If you go through the suffering of being broke, it is once. Once the Lord settles you, establishes you, and puts you together, it is for good. So don't expect that No. The Bible says the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and adds no sorrow. It's only Satan who can once the Lord blesses you, the Bible says that, the Bible says that the, the gifts of God are without He can't call them back. Once he has given them to you, it's for good. So you have to go through sufferings. For what? <laughs> Who is that? Eh? That's how a cult starts, yeah. That's how a cult starts. You start saying your own things. You suffer for good. Last warning. Number six and the last one. No, I'll give you the others tomorrow. Is that okay? Let me show you something else. Are you ready? You are born ready. <laughs> so God wants you to go through sufferings. Because after suffering, glory will come. Glory will do what? So your assignment will require the nature, the skill, and the mentality of a warrior. Your assignment will require the nature, the skill, and the mentality of a warrior. The reason why God wants you to go through suffering is because there's an assignment that he has for you. And the assignment will require the nature, the what? The skill, what else? The mentality of what? Your assignment will require the nature, the skill, and the mentality of a warrior. That's why you are going through sufferings. Now, when it comes to your assignment... Everybody here has an assignment from God. Nobody is an accident. Even you, Prince, you're not an accident. You're an assignment that God has for you to do. 
and that God wants to do through you. All of us here. You cannot be here by mistake. You might have been born by oops. But it's not a mistake to God. It's not what? God knew. By the way, today I, I learned something that I didn't know. Did you know that by the time the embryo is 20 weeks old, it has a full reproductive system, a female one. It has a full reproductive system with 7 to 8 million eggs. Imagine. At 20 weeks, the female embryo has a fully developed reproductive system with 7 to 8 million eggs. That is to say, before you were formed in your mother's womb, the egg that was to lay you was in your grandmother. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, if at 20 weeks, the, the, the reproductive system has 7 to 8 million eggs, it means the egg that was to bear Cecilia was not formed in her mother. It was formed in her grandmother. So when the Bible says, I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb, it says, it simply shows that God knew you while you were still in your grandmother. <laughs> when him say, God knew you while you were in your grandmother. The art students are not getting it. The art students are floating. But the science students are understanding what I'm saying. Who has not understood what I'm saying? We help them. Who has not understood? Just say Noah. You've not understood. You've not understood. How many have not Okay, thank you. Let me explain. This is what I'm saying. At 20 weeks, the embryo, the female embryo, has a fully developed reproductive system. And that system has 7 to 8 million eggs in it already. It's already loaded. Are we together? So for Cecilia to be born, it means the egg that was to, con to be conceived to have Cecilia was not formed in her mother. It was formed in her grandmother. Because in her grandmother, when the mother was in her mother's womb, that is when the egg was being formed. That was supposed to give birth to who? Cecilia. So, the, so for, for Cecilia, her, your son is Jason. The egg that was supposed to produce Jason was not formed in her. It was formed in her mother. So before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. I don't may float. Now I need to use people to illustrate now. Let me use three ladies come. Pastor Flo, Pastor Sess. Okay, you're already three. So let's say this is Shosh. This is mom. This is the daughter. Baby. A girl to do. <laughs> Baby. So this girl is the daughter of this one. 
You understand? And this is the daughter of? So this girl, the egg that was to conceive her in her, was not in her. It was in her. You understand? Before this one was born, the womb that was to carry this one, uh, the egg that was to produce this one, was formed here. By this one. When he was being formed. Are you together? Then this one formed this one. But the egg was here. That's what the Bible says. I knew you. See, I knew you. I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. So where did I know you from? From here. From the grandmother. Akili. Akili. Amwelevi. Ah. Kawelevi Akili. Atinini. Atinomaba saidua anaotanga na wakoloni. Alashanga alikuwa na wakoloni wapi? Kume is the grandmother who was fighting the Mau Mau. Thank you. Before I shaped you in the womb, I knew all about you. King James, New King James. Before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before I formed you. I told you don't use message unless I ask you to. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were formed. So the assignment that God wants you to do is an assignment that will require the nature, the skill, and the mentality of a warrior. Everybody here. And your assignment will lead you from battle to battle. Tell about the assignment. Will lead you from battle to battle. As long as you are living for your assignment, adversity is inevitable. Your enemy has to observe all progress that you're going through. And God himself will monitor you. Then God will mentor you in warfare. Because the assignment you're going through will take you from battle to battle. You're not writing notes. Are you here? Eh? <laughs> Let me see your notes. If there are no notes, I'll wash you, Prince. He's writing, it's true, he's writing. <laughs> You're lucky. So God, your assignment will take you from battle and God himself will mentor you in warfare. Psalms 18, verse 34. Psalms 18, verse 34. Verse, Psalms 18, verse 34. The Bible says, he teaches my hands to make war so that my arms can bend a bow of browns. The Lord teaches me to do what? To make war. Psalms 144 verse 1. Is that, should I need to explain that? It's self-explanatory, right? I've said God will mentor you in warfare. So he teaches you to war. Psalms 144. Be blessed be the Lord my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. So I want to show you 18 qualities of an uncommon warrior. 
Because you are an uncommon warrior. Tell me, I am an uncommon warrior. Number one, uncommon warrior only uses the weapon that he never failed. An uncommon warrior only uses the weapons that have never failed him. Even me, I think I'm tired. The uncommon warrior only uses the weapons that have not failed him. Or weapons have not failed before. When you go to war, you don't start new things. I think I'll finish with that. I'm tired. We can continue in the morning. When you're all fresh. Because I also want you to have dinner. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, you are an uncommon warrior. And uncommon warriors, I can't hear you, and uncommon warriors, use weapons that have not failed before. Let me give you the scripture. A scripture you. First Samuel 17, verse 38. So Saul clothed David with his armor, and he put a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail. Mm -hmm. David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk, for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with this, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. An uncommon warrior will always stick to the weapons he's used to. It's called the principle of using what is tried and tested. I have told you before, never marry a stranger. Never marry a stranger. When a stranger appears in your life, red card them. The Bible says, beware of the stranger. The strange woman. Beware of the stranger. When strangers appear, red card them. Why? You've not tried them. That girl who is always with you in church, You've seen her, Wambo. You've seen Wambo on a Mambo. You've seen Mambo Zake Zote. That one is better to marry than when a damsel walks into this place and she's all glammed up, a first-time visitor. You could be marrying a demon. People are not... People are not people. So an uncommon warrior uses weapons that are tried and tested. Weapons that have not failed him before. And the first area of warfare where that weapon applies is in the area of choosing who to marry. You cannot marry a stranger. No. You marry someone you've known for some time. Not someone who just came to church and saw Renato and Marcus. And Marcus said, oh my God, what a lady. Renato was the ah, go for it, bro. No. Don't marry a stranger. Don't marry what? Don't marry what? That's the first area you use that weapon. Number two, don't follow a stranger as a mentor. An uncommon warrior, an uncommon warrior uses weapons that have not failed him. Before or her before.
And that is to say, you cannot follow a stranger in the sense of a mentor. You can't just start listening to someone you heard on the radio and start saying, ah, that is a very powerful pastor. No. There are only two voices that you listen to if you are part of the greater love nation. My voice and my father's voice. Are we together? Your podcast will only have two. The Bible says there are many voices, but none is without signification. So if you start listening to every other voice, you are following weapons that you've not tried before. And guess what? You, you should know that your assignment will lead you from battle to battle. So you are going into battles that you don't understand how they are. Listening to your pastor is equal to listening to me because your pastor is a voice that I've given you. He's speaking my voice. That's preaching messages. It's not battery, it's the microphone. The day the pastor you are under begins preaching messages from Chris Oyakilome, run. Wearing white shoes. White suits. Sharp shooters. With the skin of a crocodile. Run. Run to Rongai. And come and say, Pastor, Machakos kumearibika. The pastor is now wearing crocodile shoes. And white ties. And red beards. Tie nikama vest. Imeja apa. Nameva taban kwa kichwa. Narod ya Moses. Anasema wanafagia mapepo. Fimbo ya Musa. Run. Run to where? Rongai. And say, Pastor. Whoever you gave us has changed. He's something else. Doesn't sound like you. My sheep know my voice. The sheep in Mochakos, the sheep in Nyeri, the sheep in Eldoret, the sheep in Rongai are all my sheep. They are all my sheep. I am their shepherd. And all of you are all Pastor Jimmy's sheep. So I am taking care of you on behalf of Pastor Jimmy. So the day I come here wearing crocodile shoes, Suti Amabati, aluminium zinc. And start preaching things you've never heard him preach. Man has become something else. Run. Run. Are we together? Na Enoch akasema Maccabees. Tobith. The book of wisdom. When I start preaching from the Gospels that are not accepted, what was the name of those Gospels that were rejected? Don't accept them. The book of Susanna. The book of Susanna. Don't accept it. 
Continuation of Esther. What is that? Judith. Baruch. Ancient ways. The book of Enoch. I can't start preaching from the book of Enoch, even though it was quoted in Genesis. It's not accepted. It's not accepted in the Bible. It's not part of the Bible canon. It's non-canonical. Do you remember the Bible series? It answers all those questions. Where the Bible came from? Who wrote the Bible? Why are there 66 books and not 99 books? Those scriptures have no authority. Those books have no authority. They contradict themselves. So, you have to rely on a tried and tested weapon. Are we together? You have to do what? Because you are a warrior on assignment. And your assignment will lead you from battle. It will lead you from battle, from one battle to another battle. From battle to battle, it will lead you. The second place you should rely on that weapon is in the choosing your mentor. I told you when I was preaching, you should get a sermon. The decade of decisions. The decade of decision and discovery is between 20 to 30. That's when you get to choose your mentor. You get to say, this is the mentor I want to follow. Because you will only go as far as your mentor has gone. You will only know as far as your mentor knows. You will only see what your mentor has seen. If the mentor you're following has never been to America, yet, you are following a mentor who is 50, never left the country, your journey is the same. Look at your parents and know that my parents are a prophecy of my future. Is that simple? Let us become like our parents. It's true. Tell me you become like your parent. Yeah. But thank God, when God sees that in your natural order, you not amount to much, he introduces another spiritual order. Thank God for the spiritual order. In the order of David, the natural order, the best David would become was a shepherd boy. In the order of Jesse, the best you'd become was a shepherd boy. But God had better plans for David. So he told him, David, I'm going to introduce to you another spiritual order. And in the order of prophet Samuel, your father, the best you'll become is a king. So in the order of prophet Samuel, the best David would become was a king. In the natural order of Jesse, the best you'd become is a shepherd boy. You are a prophecy. Your parents are a prophecy of your future. So in that natural order, the best you can become is what your father and mother are. And it's a prophecy of doom in most cases. There's nothing much. Your father is 50. He has never driven. Amen. Crazy. Amen. Samuel. He's, she's only driven your mother crazy. But she's ne he's never driven a car. That's the prophecy of your life. Your father is a drunkard and a humanizer. That's your prophecy. In the natural order, you are likely to become an humanizer. 
Yeah, stop. Don't laugh at him. That he has three wives. You, the demons that fought your father are waiting for you to grow up. They are called daddy's devils. They are waiting for you to grow up. They show you pepe. That's why God introduces to you another spiritual. And if you connect to that spiritual lineage, that spiritual order, you nullify the natural order. In my natural order, the car my mother wanted to drive, by the time she was dying, I'm driving it in my spiritual order. It's my first car. Her dream car is my first car. In the natural order, her dream car, she died without driving it. In my spiritual order, is my first car. What is the difference? I chose the right mentor, and I stayed with him. Ladies and gentlemen, an uncommon warrior uses weapons that he has tried and tested. Father, thank you for speaking to us tonight. It's been a good night. Since morning, Lord, you've been speaking over and over to us. Father, I pray that none of us here will be useless. None of us here will be uncommon. None of us here, Lord, will just go and become a useless thing. I pray, Father, that you will cause us to become great in Jesus' name. Tomorrow, Lord, let the Holy Spirit wake us early enough. And may the Spirit of might come upon us. We have the strength to be here by 7.30 in Jesus' name. Fantastic.